Chapter forty one of the thrilling narratives of mutiny, murder, and piracy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Thrilling narratives of mutiny, murder, and piracy by Anonymous. Chapter forty one captain ross's expedition in the year eighteen eighteen the british government fitted out two expeditions to the north pole captain buchan commanding the trent and the dorothy was directed to attempt a passage between spitzbergen and nova zembla over the pole into the pacific and captain ross commanding the isabella and the alexander to attempt the northwest passage from davis's straits to baffin's bay into the frozen ocean and thence into the pacific ross reached seventy seven degrees forty minutes latitude and more accurately determined the situation of baffin's bay which until then was believed to extend ten degrees further to the east than it actually does although he sailed up lancaster sound he did not advance far enough to ascertain if it was open not having arrived there until october first when danger from the ice obliged him to quit the coast lieutenant parry who had accompanied captain ross was sent in conjunction with captain leon in the year eighteen nineteen on a second voyage into baffin's bay and having penetrated as far as to gain the first prize offered by parliament five thousand pounds and having made the most western point ever reached in the polar seas he was entrusted with the direction of the hecla and fury on a similar expedition in eighteen twenty one these ships returned in october eighteen twenty three without achieving the principal object for which they were dispatched in eighteen twenty four parry and leon were again sent out for the discovery of a northwest passage in the hecla and fury after wintering in prince regent's bay the ships sailed southwardly and in consequence of storms and icebergs it became necessary to abandon the fury and with her crew on board the hecla captain parry returned to england in october eighteen twenty five the admiralty sent parry in the hecla in eighteen twenty seven to reach if possible the north pole having journeyed thirty-five days over the ice beginning at eighty-one degrees twelve minutes fifteen seconds he was compelled to retrace his course so far the exertions of the british government peaked by the real or supposed neglect of government captain ross in the spring of eighteen twenty nine 
undertook an expedition on his own resources with the view of effecting a passage into the polar sea and to reach bering's straits along the northern coast of the american continent the ship the victory was lost in the first year out and ross and his crew had worn through the remaining time on board the wreck of the fury when picked up in lancaster sound they were in four of the fury's boats which they had found uninjured and in the same condition in which they had been left the following letter addressed by the gallant navigator to the admiralty puts us in possession of all the adventures and discoveries of this memorable expedition on board the isabella of hull baffin's bay september eighteen thirty three sir knowing how deeply my lord's commissioners of the admiralty are interested in the advancement of nautical knowledge and particularly in the improvement of geography i have to acquaint you for the information of your lordships that the expedition the main object of which is to solve if possible the question of a northwest passage from the pacific to the atlantic ocean particularly by prince regent's inlet and which sailed from england in may eighteen twenty nine notwithstanding the loss of the foremast and other untoward circumstances which obliged the vessel to refit in greenland reached the beach on which his majesty's late ship fury's stores were landed on the thirteenth of august we found the boats provisions etc in excellent condition but no vestige of the wreck after completing in fuel and other necessaries we sailed on the fourteenth and on the following morning rounded cape garry where our new discoveries commenced and keeping the western shore close on board ran down the coast in a southwest and west course in from ten to twenty fathoms until we had passed the latitude of seventy two north in longitude ninety four west here we found a considerable inlet leading to the westward the examination of which occupied two days at this place we were first seriously obstructed by ice which was now seen to extend from the south cape of the inlet in a solid mass round by east to east northeast owing to this circumstance the shallowness of the water the rapidity of the tides the tempestuous weather the irregularity of the coast and the numerous inlets and rocks for which it is remarkable our progress was no less dangerous than tedious yet we succeeded in penetrating below the latitude of seventy north in longitude ninety two west where the land after having carried us as far east as ninety took a decidedly westerly direction while land 
at the distance of forty miles to southward was seen extending east and west at this extreme point our progress was arrested on the first of october by an impenetrable barrier of ice we however found an excellent wintering port which we named felix harbor early in january eighteen thirty we had the good fortune to establish a friendly intercourse with a most interesting consociation of natives who being insulated by nature had never before communicated with strangers from them we gradually obtained the important information that we had already seen the continent of america that about forty miles to the southwest there were two great seas one to the west which was divided from that to the east by a narrow strait or neck of land the verification of this intelligence either way on which our future operations so materially depended devolved on commander ross who volunteered this service early in april and accompanied by one of the mates and guided by two of the natives proceeded to the spot and found that the north land was connected to the south by two ridges of high land fifteen miles in breadth but taking into account a claim of fresh-water lakes which occupied the valleys between the dry land which actually separates the two oceans is only five miles this extraordinary isthmus was subsequently visited by myself when commander ross proceeded minutely to survey the seacoast to the southward of the isthmus leading to the westward which he succeeded in tracing to the ninety-ninth degree or to one hundred fifty miles of cape turnigan of franklin to which point the land after leading him into the seventieth degree of north latitude ended directly during the same journey he also surveyed thirty miles of the adjacent coast or that to the north of the isthmus which by also taking a westerly direction forming the termination of the western sea into a gulf the rest of this season was employed in tracing the sea coast south of the isthmus leading to the eastward which was done so as to leave no doubt that it joined as the natives had previously informed us to okali and the land forming repulse bay it was also determined that there was no passage to the westward for thirty miles to the northward of our position this summer like that of eighteen eighteen was beautifully fine but extremely unfavorable for navigation and our object being now to try a more northern latitude we waited with anxiety for the disruption of the ice but in vain and our utmost endeavors did not succeed in retracing our steps more than four miles and it was not until the middle of november that we succeeded in cutting the vessel into a place of security 
which we named sheriff's harbor i may here mention that we named the newly discovered continent to the southward boothia as also the isthmus the peninsula to the north and the eastern sea after my worthy friend felix booth esq the truly patriotic citizen of london who in the most disinterested manner enabled me to equip this expedition in superior style the last winter was in temperature nearly equal to the mean of which had been experienced on the four preceding voyages but the winters of eighteen thirty and eighteen thirty one set in with a degree of violence hitherto beyond record the thermometer sunk to ninety two degrees below the freezing point and the average of the year was ten degrees below the preceding but notwithstanding the severity of the summer we travelled across the country to the west sea by a chain of lakes thirty miles north of the isthmus when commander ross succeeded in surveying fifty miles more of the coast leading to the northwest and by tracing the shore to the northward of our position it was also fully proved that there could be no passage below the seventy-first degree this autumn we succeeded in getting the vessel only fourteen miles to the northward as we had not doubled the eastern cape all hope of saving the ship was at an end and put quite beyond possibility by another very severe winter and having only provisions to last us to the first of june eighteen thirty three dispositions were accordingly made to leave the ship in present port which after her was named victory harbor provisions and fuel being carried forward in the spring we left the ship on the twenty eighth of may eighteen thirty two for fury beach being the only chance left for saving our lives owing to the very rugged nature of the ice we were obliged to keep either upon or close to the land making the circuit of every bay thus increasing our distance of two hundred miles by nearly one-half and it was not until the first of july that we reached the beach completely exhausted by hunger and fatigue a hut was speedily constructed and the boats three of which had been washed off the beach but providentially driven on shore again were repaired during this month and the unusual heavy appearance of the ice afforded us no cheering prospect until the first of august when in three boats we reached the ill-fated spot where the fury was first driven on shore and it was not until the first of september we reached leopold south island now established to be the northeast point of america in latitude seventy three fifty six and longitude ninety west from the summit of the lofty mountain on the promontory we could see prince regent's inlet barrow strait and lancaster sound 
which presented one impenetrable mass of ice just as i had seen it in eighteen eighteen here we remained in a state of anxiety and suspense which may be easier imagined than described all our attempts to push through were vain at length being forced by want of provisions and the approach of a very severe winter to return to fury beach where alone there remained wherewith to support life there we arrived on the seventh of october after a most fatiguing and laborious march having been obliged to leave our boats at batty bay our habitation which consisted of a frame of spars thirty-two feet by sixteen covered with canvas was during the month of november enclosed and the roof covered with snow from four to seven feet thick which being saturated with water when the temperature was fifteen degrees below zero immediately took the consistency of ice and thus we actually became the inhabitants of an iceberg during one of the most severe winters hitherto recorded our sufferings aggravated by want of bedding clothing and animal food need not be dwelt upon mr c thomas the carpenter was the only man who perished at this beach but three others besides one who had lost his foot were reduced to the last stage of debility and only thirteen of our number were able to carry provisions in seven journeys of sixty-two miles each to batty bay we left fury beach on the eighth of july carrying with us three sick men who were unable to walk and in six days we reached the boats where the sick daily recovered although the spring was mild it was not until the fifteenth of august that we had any cheering prospect a gale from the westward having suddenly opened a lane of water along shore in two days we reached our former position and from the mountain we had the satisfaction of seeing clear water across prince regent's inlet which we crossed on the seventeenth and took shelter from a storm twelve miles to the eastward of cape york the next day when the gale abated we crossed admiralty inlet and were detained six days on the coast by a strong northeast wind on the twenty-fifth we crossed navy board inlet and on the following morning to our inexpressible joy we descried a ship in the offing becalmed which proved to be the isabella of hull the same ship which i commanded in eighteen eighteen at noon we reached her when her enterprising commander who had in vain searched for us in prince regent's inlet after giving us three cheers received us with every demonstration of kindness and hospitality which humanity could dictate i ought to mention also that mr humphreys by landing me at possession bay and subsequently on the west coast of baffin's bay afforded me an excellent opportunity of concluding my survey 
and of verifying my former chart of that coast i have now the pleasing duty of calling the attention of their lordships to the merit of commander ross who was second in the direction of this expedition the labors of this officer who had the departments of astronomy natural history and surveying will speak for themselves in language beyond the ability of my pen but they will be duly appreciated by their lordships and the learned bodies of which he is a member and who are already well acquainted with his acquirements my steady and faithful friend mr william tom of the royal navy who was formerly with me in the isabella besides his duty as third in command took charge of the meteorological journal the distribution and economy of provisions and to his judicious plans and suggestions must be attributed the uncommon degree of health which our crew enjoyed and as two out of three who died in the four years and a half were cut off early in the voyage by diseases not peculiar to the climate only one man can be said to have perished mr m dermid the surgeon who had been several voyages to these regions did justice to the high recommendation i received of him he was useful in every amputation and operation which he performed and wonderfully so in his treatment of the sick and i have no hesitation in adding that he would be an ornament to his majesty's service commander ross mr tom and myself have indeed been serving without pay but in common with the crew have lost our all which i regret the more because it puts it out of my power adequately to remunerate my fellow-sufferers whose case i cannot but recommend for their lordship's consideration we have however the consolation that results of this expedition have been conclusive and to science highly important and may be briefly comprehended in the following words the discovery of the gulf of boothia the continent and isthmus of boothia felix and a vast number of islands rivers and lakes the undeniable establishment that the northeast point of america extends to the seventy-fourth degree of north latitude valuable observations of every kind but particularly on the magnet and to crown all have the honor of placing the illustrious name of our most gracious sovereign william the fourth on the true position of the magnetic pole i cannot conclude this letter sir without acknowledging the important advantages we obtained from the valuable publications of sir edward parry and sir john franklin and the communications kindly made to us by those distinguished officers before our departure from england but the glory of this enterprise is entirely due to him whose divine favor has been especially manifested towards us who guided and directed all our steps who mercifully provided in what we had deemed a calamity his effectual means of our preservation and who even after the devices and inventions of man had utterly failed 
crowned our humble endeavors with complete success i have etc john ross captain royal navy to captain the honorable george elliot etc secretary admiralty end of chapter forty one recording by john brandon